Hi, this is Mike. This is Russ. And this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spire podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunical community. Uh, we're recording quite early this week. It's uh, Monday, the 22nd of September, and I'm joined as always by Mike and Russ. So how are you guys? How's Russell this week? What have you been up to? Me? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, lounging around over the weekend, recovering. I uh, went out for a spot of Italian dining to uh, just refresh my memory on what decent cuisine tastes like. And uh, now I'm back in the normality of uh, being surrounded by blighty food, which mostly consists of pies and gravies and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's not quite a, uh, you know, a Neapolitan pizza or some, some fine art pasta. Yeah, I, so, um, uh, see, you're comparing pizza to a nice pie. Pizza I think that's pie. a little fry because that's unfair because I think they're both quality goods, you know. Not really, because a pizza, you can see it. You know what you get in a pie. Sometimes, you know, you can tap into that thing and it's just fluff. It's just pastry. Sometimes it's not. Get a decent no, pie. It's, it's like a little it mystery. It's like, yeah, it is. oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> It's pie. Come on. Beautiful. You know, that reminds me of that pigeon pie you and Wolfie ordered in that pub once in, what is it, Gloucester? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just to you know, go off on a random tangent as we begin the podcast. Pigeon well, pie in Gloucester, the things I, we get up to. I had apple pie yesterday and it was bloody lovely. So I don't want you decrying pie as much as I love pizza, <laughs> all right? Oh, dessert you... pies, I'm all for. Meat you... pies, not so much. Have you cracked open the fringe boxer yet? Not yet, no. I'm working my way through the last disc of uh, Big Bang Theory. So All right, okay. All right. still on the list. And I picked up the uh, Hannibal box set as well, which is either going to be really, really cool or utter shite. So I'll have to find out. A TV show? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. quite good. It's a bit dark, though. As in, turn the lights on. Can't see what's happening. <laughs> no, it's, it's, quite, it's quite good. All right, so, Mike, what have you, up to? What have you been up to? Um, relaxing weekend. Um, but last night was quite strange. On occasion, I sleepwalk. And I found myself in in the precarious position Liverpool. last night where no, I woke up. Huh? You found yourself in Liverpool? No, no. I, I hadn't left the house, thankfully, but I woke up in the middle of the night um, with the thought that somebody had told me to leave the house, which if I was going to do that at 4am, that probably wouldn't go down very well with everyone outside who may have been there. Oh, so I, I do sleepwalk on occasion and I have found myself downstairs in the past. So it is, it is quite weird. So I don't know what causes that. That's kind of creepy. What if there was someone telling you to leave the house? Yeah. What, what if there's someone in the loft? <laughs> Not like I've put them there or anything. I should make that clear. <laughs> it's all coming out now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And under the floor, yeah. He's that stealthy. We should send him in to fight ISIS. <laughs> uh, what if it was like a ghost? Yes, there, there there have been some strange goings on with ghosts. Now you should mention it. My um, my mum's house is actually haunted. Um, that well, she believes it is because there's quite a few strange things been going on in there. So. Ooh, exciting, exciting. Mm, yes. And and for the record, your house is like a fucking icebox in November. I just want to make it clear. Fucking right. <laughs> it must be haunted. <laughs> I'll never forget the. I think it was Laura, and I quote. It's so cold in your house, Mikey. I feel like I'm dying in a morgue. <laughs> well, it'll be, it'll be fine when you're both next well, to, to be fair, if you're going to die, you might as well die in a morgue because it saves on transport costs. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. But hey, if you're still chopping up that sofa, we can use it for firewood. Oh, that's gone now, yes. <laughs> Rub a couple of Boy Scouts together. Right, anyway, so... Um, <laughs> what, what's Matt been up to? Well, I don't know what I've been up to. Um, so I went out for a meal on Saturday... Unlike the, uh, no doubt, exceptionally good Italian cuisine, I went to a burger place. 
Um, which is alright actually. It's one of those gourmet burgers, so it was just an expensive burger burger with a stick through the middle of it. Uh, pricing it gourmet burger. Yeah, but I, could, I had a really nice um vanilla milkshake. I like about the shakes. Yeah, it's what good. Shakes. That was good. That was. And then yesterday I took my son James back to university, which was hilarious. Well, not hilarious for him, but uh, we drove all the way down to Southampton, and he packed everything, or so he thought. He bought himself over the summer holiday a Wii U, and he'd also got an Xbox 360. Got there, packed, got it into his room. He's got his third year at university, so he's got, I don't know, just shared accommodation. And he looked at me and went, I forgot the TV. Ah, ah, I forgot the TV. <laughs> so he's got an Xbox and a 360, and he's got no TV to play on, which I think is brilliant. Nice. So, yeah, that was, that was quite a funny thing yesterday. And then today, so far this week, the work's been easy. You know, I was away um, in London at IBM today talking about cloud and stuff. So, yeah, that's been my week. I've got quite a few things that I've got to watch uh, for my birthday. I picked up where well, I was given Homeland Season 2. So I need to watch that at some stage. As well, as well as The Raid too. You know The Raid? Also good. Yeah, I need to watch that. And what was the other one I got? Oh, um... Captain America Winter Soldier, which I'd already watched, but I wanted it on Blu-ray, so I'll probably watch that again this week. So I've got a few things to watch, as well as all the other stuff that I haven't got around to watching it, like every most seasons of Breaking Bad and stuff. So uh, it's finding the time. It's always about finding time. So that's me, really. Uh, so let's move on to news then. So there's not a lot of news this week. I think it's fair to say that uh, Lakula Koya, as you know, we should know by now, are on tour in the US and have just... Um, I think they're in the process of moving up to Canada right now, as I recall. Is that right, guys? I think they're just on their way up. Uh, on their way up north. Yeah, on their on their way up north, across the border and all that, where the air is cleaner, apparently. And uh, as you would have heard from last week's podcast, uh, Marco's missed uh, at least a couple of shows now. He's been in hospital with the intestinal problems. Uh, I have sent him a message, and he's getting much better. Uh, according to Christina as well, he's responding well to antibiotics, so he's on the road to recovery. Uh, I'm not sure if he's quite out of hospital yet. I sent a message earlier today, and I've not had a response yet, so... I'll let you know. I'll probably post something as soon as I know. Um, but yeah, he's on the road to recovery, which is great news. And we can see him back on tour because I know everybody likes seeing him off to the left-hand side on the stage. And uh, it's not quite the same without him, as I'm sure you can all imagine. So, as you would have known, if you've been listening to the last, I don't know, probably 11 or so podcasts, 12 or so podcasts, I should say, that we have been reviewing the songs off of Shadow Life. So, we're going to start the discussion this week, since we've come to the formal end of Shadow Life, rather than the informal end, because of the um, extras that can come on the various versions of, of the Shadow Life album. But Shadow Life, the song, ends the album so we figured we would discuss Shallow Life, the album, in its entirety. What we thought of it, give a whole overall review of the album, and then move on to the extras over the next couple of weeks, as well as other stuff. So, where to start, really? Shallow Life. Mike, give me your initial thoughts on Shallow Life as an album. What do you think of it? Um, experimental would be one word. It's... Um... It's kind of like Marmite in some ways. You either love it or hate it from them. 
Um, it, it was a bold move, I think, to rele- release this um, with, with what came before it. Um, but it's, it, it was good at the time for it to come out. And it, they, they went off on a different path musically. And I don't think it did them any harm at all at the time. Okay, fair enough. What are your thoughts on it, Russ? Um, I generally agree with everything that Mike said there, apart from sort of the last point. I think there's this often misconstrued debate about old school fans, new school fans, the old sound, the new sound. And, you know, there's people like us that have, you know, been there from the beginning and followed the band through and still continue to do so. But I think this album was probably more divisive, even more so than, than what Karma Code was that came before. As I say, you've got that cliched, oh, they've gone new metal with the down-tuned guitars. And, you know, there's elements of that on Coma Lies. It's, you know, it was just a natural progression from touring and playing live and starting to write different styles of songs that were more up-tempo and suited to a live audience. Whereas I think with Shallow Life, to me, it's it's definitely a very highly experimental album, perhaps in places too much, and I find it quite poppy, which is weird because, you know, it begins with Survive, which is arguably the heaviest song on the album, and it sort of it definitely takes you on a journey. That's the positive. What people get from that journey, and if if everyone enjoys that journey, that's the question for you know the fan base really. That's a, that's a fair point, I, and I agree with everything you said. I think that there is definitely a journey there. I would say that Shallow Life is by far the most experimental album, and I think I might have partially sort of speculated this or speculated upon this, I should say, throughout the reviews. I get a sense that there was a significant shift in the way they were making or choosing to make music when they started recording Shallow Alf. I don't know whether or not they were trying to reinvent themselves or they were trying to rediscover themselves or they were, they were having a, a band-wide identity crisis. I don't know. But there is definitely a sense of a shift away from the stones on which they had, or the sort of foundations, as you say, on which they built their career to date. When you go back and you look at the way the fans had reacted positively and negatively to, say, Karma Code, which had has the unfortunate um, disadvantage of having to come after Coma Lies, still considered to be, you know, the lacuna core masterpiece that it is. Um, something I don't necessarily agree with, but we've discussed that at length in the past. Uh, Karma Code suffered because of that, and it didn't suffer. It's a great album. It's still one of my favourites. I actually prefer it to Comalize, and I've, you know, I've quite openly admit that. But it's still, it suffered as a consequence of coming after Comalize. And Shallow Life's even more of a step away from Comalize, even more of a step away from everything they've done before. It was like they decided to take the book of how to write Lacuna Core songs, how to write Lacuna Core music, and throw it out the window and start all over again. And you're absolutely right. And when I described this, when I reviewed this album way back when it came out, I said that it's not a metal album at all. It's actually a rock album and actually arguably a pop album in places, as you said, Russ. And I was there was quite a lot of backlash. I think in the in the press in the UK, they I think even Metal Hammer. I think it was this album where Metal Hammer said goodbye, as in mm. you're you know you're no longer a metal band to us, so goodbye sort of thing. And I could see why they did it. Uh, what on the songs then? I mean, I I said all those years ago that I found the songs really addictive. 
What do you think about that line? Are they addictive songs? Is there an addictive quality about it? I think it's right. I think that is the... <clears throat> it's one of them things, as Mike says, it's a, it's a marmite, you love it, you hate it, you take it or leave it. But Shallow Life is the album that was written with those sort of... I don't like to use the word generic, but more basic song structures in terms of how the verses are constructed and the lyrics and the melodies. So there's a sense more of repetition Whereas, you know, it's a complete polar opposite to Unleashed Memories, which is, you know, you haven't necessarily got verse, chorus, verse. It's a it's a structured song, but each song is a journey on an album like Unleashed Memories. Shallow Life, the songs don't take you on a journey. I'd say the overall record and the sequencing and the feel of it does, but the songs are a lot more straightforward, simple, shorter, punchier and in your face, which is, you know, they've come out and said that is what they're aiming for. So I think the band fulfilled their criteria with the record they wanted to make but as i said it's the division of you know is it the is it the record that all the fans wanted to hear perhaps not but there are people that do enjoy the album and similarly there's a lot of newer fans that came to lacunical through the likes of say a song like spellbound which you know is a plus point for this particular album that's a really good point and actually i wanted to pick up i was going to say that earlier when you reminded me i would be quite prepared to say, and I, again, I could be well off cuff here, that if there was an experiment here, it was an experiment to find a new fan base. And I would say that they were successful. I think more people got introduced to Shallow Life than maybe any of the more recent albums. You know, maybe going back going, going back as far as Karma Code. I, I can see a whole new dimension of fans opening up on this because it was a very different type of music and you know it had wide play. If you remember, there were lots of different songs that were out across the radio on it and Spellbound is a very rock sound rather than a metal sound and it, it just opened up the fan base. And then they would have discovered other songs, you know, the older songs, and then they would have seen A Darker Journey, which we'll come on to when we start reviewing Dark Adrenaline. Does that make sense? It, it kind of feels yeah. like there was mm-hmm. a, an experiment to find a, a different fan base there, and I, and I think it worked because it, it certainly sold well, as I recall. Um, and it's very, very diverse. Very, very quite diverse. What do you think about of that diversity, Mike? Does it work? Well, I was just about to say, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, in some ways it makes them very accessible with the crossroads that they went on as a band. I think this was one of those albums that it was sink or swim in some cases that it could have absolutely bombed and that would have been it kind of thing. If you touched upon Metal Hammer saying goodbye, that that could have been really the last goodbye, um, pardon the pun there with it. Um, and But I do think, as you say, with the radio airplay and everything, it, does, it did make them more accessible, having that popular sound and different edge to them kind of reinvented them um, as a band in a good way. And I think that for all the yeah, the negatives that people have against it, it was the building blocks to everything else that they, they kind of left the past behind with previous releases. This was the middle, middle of the road ground that pushed them on further to a different direction to what we've come to today. Interesting, because like a, a metaphorical sort of palate cleanser or a slate cleaner, you're suggesting. Mm. I, I think so, yeah. I think that really it could have, I, I really think that it could have gone horribly wrong for them as a band. 
at this point, but with certain songs on there that leave them more accessible, like Spellbound is fantastic. When you, when you watch the video, you hear it on the radio, you watch it live, it is one of those songs that really gets the adrenaline pumping. And if you've never never seen them or heard them as a band, you'll think, wow, who are these guys? And as you say, tap into that, tap into their older stuff. Obviously, earlier albums like Unleash Memories are a completely different kettle of fish to this um, this music that was released then, but it, it leaves everything wide open, which is, is to, their, to their strength, really. It was very, very daring, though. I mean, oh, yeah, could, yeah. Have, could have backfired big time. And I, mm. I think the band have said this is a very difficult album for them. And said, yeah. You know, this was an experiment. This was something they they threw out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of fun songs in there. I, I, I said it myself years ago. These, it's an album which is the album that makes me smile when I'm mm-hmm. listening to it because it's got some, just some fun songs. You know, I, I like it. Look at the video for I like it. I mean, you just, that's just not something you get elsewhere. I think one thing that we we have said a couple of times though throughout our reviews of the album is that sometimes it steps too far across the line. At least it does for me. And it goes a little bit too far away from being Lacuna Coil. Maybe I'm being a bit close-minded. Probably am. But it feels a bit too daring occasion. What do you think about that statement? Russ, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's sort of bang on. I mean, I, t- I totally agree. For me, you know, if I ever, you know, someone said to me, right, go and pick out a Lacuna Coil album that, A, I want to listen to or that I'd recommend to someone, I'm not saying it's a terrible album, not by any means, but Shallow Life would be the one that I would least refer anyone to because I don't think it gives uh, the overall representation of what Lacuna Coil is as a band. Yes, there's different textures, just there is something for everyone, but the core of what you know the Lacuna Coil sound is, there's something lacking on Shallow Life. But again, to throw it in the flip side, look at the positive. At the time that Shallow Life came out in 2010, it was the highest charting billboard record that they've ever released. Mm. So clearly for there is an audience out there that they were doing something right. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. What do you think about that, Mike? Daring? Yeah, yeah, yeah very daring. It's almost like keeping them on a leash, but almost reining that leash in when they do go to the... Uh, to the edge of like oblivion with with where they're going with everything that don't don't let them too far onto this different path because I don't know maybe they won't come back again. Um, I, I do think it worked in so many ways though, as as we all agree. I think, and I do agree with what Russ has just said. If if I was to give an album to somebody, I would I would instantly pick Unleash Memories of Comalize as those two to start off with someone and as he's just said it would be one one that i would avoid to give to someone but because that's it not necess- so, because it is so different from the others yeah know? yeah if you listen to it as we've both all said it's more not like a pop pop record but it's it's so far removed from anything that they did before if you compare this to even like in a reverie they, they just pales apart aren't they and you can't you can't uh you wouldn't even imagine if you're a non-lacuna call fan that they're even the same people yeah that's true that's true there was this gauntlet they threw down sorry you were saying russ i was gonna say here's a question do you think though if the if lacuna call hadn't have made shallow life as it exists would we have songs as aggressive on broken crown halo say as zombies I don't no. necessarily think we would. No, I don't. So I think it's it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a journey. I think they did Shallow Life. They wanted to do something different. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. And they realised, 
We know what we do well now. We know what we can experiment with. Now, this is what we want to do. Mm. And they've kind of gone in a completely different direction to Shadow Life, completely turning it back up and arguably made, you know, the heaviest, most pissed off, angry record they've made, which is totally different to what Matt just said in terms of Shadow Life. It's a happy album that makes you smile. I'm not saying yeah, Broken yeah. Crown Halo makes you miserable, not at all, but it's a very aggressive, pissed off, angry album in a positive but, sense. But I think that's part of the reinvention, isn't it? Where you come to a crossroads, either personally or as as we've mentioned as a band, that is make or break time, isn't it? With with how you are on your inner self as an artist to see where you are going to go forwards and what works and what doesn't work. And they were very bold in doing what they've done with Charlotte Life. And I think that that also is a stepping stone and the building blocks to everything else that's gone after that, which I think has not done them any harm at all, has it, with what we, what follows that? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's two ways of interpreting that, actually. I think that um, your point's absolutely valid. I was actually going to say, when you look at, you know, after Shallow Life came Dark Adrenaline, which is a very, very mm. different album. And your point you made there, actually, Russ, about them kind of, or I think it was also you might be fine, about them being on a leash and being pulled back. And you could say that maybe they concluded when they came out of the back of Shallow Life, and even though it was, you know, commercially a successful album, they thought, had we pushed things a bit too far, maybe lost our original identity, and therefore reined themselves in and did something different. You know, had they seen some of the negative reviews that they got or did they think actually individually we made these songs but as an album it's just a bit too upbeat for us i don't know there's that's one aspect of it and that's pure speculation because i just don't know the answer to it the other one is you touched on it mike is lacuna coil i have always found make in this moment albums and i'm not talking about the band so don't pull me out on it i'm talking about they make songs that are about what's happening in their life and their musical influences at this moment in time Yeah. Uh, there's a thread on the on Etty Spiral forums this week about Lacuna Coil's musical influences. I haven't actually replied yet. I need to get around to doing it. But my response is going to be something like, whichever bands they're listening to at this moment in time. So if you look mm. at the, the, the you know bef- the 1999s and the Inner Reveries, and you're looking at the Septic Flash and the type of negatives and the the the, the um, Paradise Lost, but then you look at shallow life and you say what were their influences there i mean for example i can see and contentious as it may sound there's clearly influences of lincoln park in some of the songs mm-hmm. there's definitely a kind of a, a, a new metal sound to it and there was arguably some of that in in uh, aspects not all aspects and not as many aspects as people shout on about in karma code but they were they do have influences and they do write albums that reflect what's happening in their lives at the point in time they're making those albums i find so if anything, that musical journey that we go on when we talk about going through Lacuna Coil's albums is a musical journey of their life. And I find that fascinating, at least for me anyway, when I look at how they've yeah, ebbed yeah. and flowed through those albums. And as you say, they've um, come out and made the most angry album that they've ever made, which is Broken Crown Halo. You know, why are they so angry all of a sudden? Was it, I, I wouldn't piss them off. Maybe we asked that 119 question far too many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, uh, What's it like to be a female in a metal band? Yeah, well, could have called me anyway um you know it's it's those things are gonna be reflected in their music and they've always said that they write music for themselves about themselves so i can only assume they were having a very happy time when they wrote about shallow life but i think don't you think as well that that is nice 
that as all three of us have seen them mature as all of them as artists and people and we've all grown old without sounding too soppy like throughout the years with them that I think based on the maturity of themselves as people and as artists it is the building blocks like you say of what they listen to their life experiences getting married all that kind of thing all goes into the pot doesn't it and I think that's Mm. that's nice to see them develop as people that I certainly remember the first time I saw them and then you see them now and they are when you strip everything back they are the, the same people but they have changed as people and grown up so much in in that space of time and I think that that's nice that everyone has gone on that journey and they've told that journey throughout their their music as well yeah I think they've had to to be honest to I me mean, yeah the yeah definitely has changed so much in the years mm. that they've been in it uh, that they music's changed the way that people buy music or not has changed and the the method by which a band makes enough money to live has had to evolve and they've had to evolve with it and they've mm. i think they've gone for a really hard time actually evolving with it you oh, know, yeah. look at the kind of album sales years ago and i don't think they're any less popular now than they were you know, all those years ago but they have to have worked so much harder to to make make ends meet really you know it's a really mm. different kind of journey they're on one thing we've not touched on so far is the theme the shallow life theme now, going back over the uh, marketing for Shadow Life, obviously starting off with the the crystal grenade on the front, which I, or the diamond grenade, which is quite a compelling, very different thing. But I think we were used to different album covers after we'd come out of the back of the weirdness that was the Shadow Life, sorry, the Shadow Life, the Karma Code cover. Mm. Uh, and, and then you had the, on top of the album cover itself, you, of course, had the the marketing they did for it. There was the, the kind of the movie star yeah Chris, or christina and andrea all dressed up and sort of looking all kind of fashionable and i don't know celebrity kind of stuff and then you got that whole thing about the shallow life itself well what, what did that kind of tell you about the album tell you about the band what did, what did you think about that russ when you first saw it and kind of was talked through it um in terms of the artwork yeah, the artwork and the, just the general kind of theme. They said it wasn't a concept album, but it, th- there's definitely a concept behind yeah, the, yeah. the way it's, it's been sold to us, as it were. Yeah, definitely. As you say, it starts off with the the grenade, and it's more. I think what alienated a lot of people is the the image inside the booklet, and a lot of people didn't get that it was sarcasm and it was poking fun. It was the pun, the play on words of shallow life. You know, you know, Christina and Andrea on the billboard, as you mentioned, sort of in the dresses and the makeup and like the white pimp suits and all that kind of stuff. And there's an element from talking to people I know, and their reaction was sort of, "That's not my lacuna coil." And it was this they've sold out. Back, yeah, yeah. It's like they've sold out, and this is this big, big backlash. And it sort of reminded me, sort of similar to, I mean, Michael knows this. It's like when Metallica came out with the Load album, and the band mm. had cut their hair, and they started wearing <laughs> eyeliner, and you know, showing off tattoos, and doing all this avant-garde artwork. You know, this is a fan base that was like thrash metal, drink beer, fuck shit up, that kind of thing. And it just turned a lot of people off from the band. And I'm not saying that that was the case, but a lot of people just did not understand the concept and took it in the wrong way. You know, knowing Lacuna Coil as we do and being fans of the band and fans of them, you know, the guys, you know, we know it's a piss take. We we understand and we get their sense of humour. So to us, it's funny. But for people that don't necessarily know that side of them, they'd be sort of going from, you know, a band dressed in like gothic clothing, watching a Heavens Alive video, to them thinking, hang on a minute, who's this guy in a pimp suit and what's going on here? Yeah. It's just, I think it created 
too much confusion and it was just i i'm not saying they meant to alienate people but i think people just got the total wrong impression from it i think you're right and i think uh, we, you talked to a few moments ago mike about the material and i think the band i suspect learned quite a lot about their fan base through shadow mm. life through how shadow life was marketed and through the songs in it and maybe realized that they're so influential in the way that they do things to their fans that they couldn't afford to be doing stuff like this to a certain extent. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, there was, there was a bit of a bash last and balash, I should say. And we talked a couple of times about the, I like it video being, is this some kind <laughs> of a joke? It's like, Absolutely. It's a joke. Yeah, but isn't yeah. it a great joke? It's such a great video. Mm. And it's, it is that joke. And you could almost argue, I'm not sure I'm ready to argue it, but you could argue that almost all of Shadow Life is a kind of a joke. It's like a joke album. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit, taking it a bit too far, but the way it was marketed, the the music on it is very different from from Lacuna Core's typical musical style and vocal style. The uh, Just the general vibe on the album is very different. And it's almost like, as you say, this is kind of backlash. And it's like, right, okay, we're going to throw this out there. And, you know, if you really wanted to, I guess it's the same with any kind of art form, you could really think you want into it. And it does feel like it's a bit of a piss take. But it's an enjoyable piss take. And I said it all those years ago. I still like the album. I think it's, 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 it definitely keeps me smiling, you know. Have you got any favourite songs then? You know, we're kind of looking at the song structure itself and we've looked over individual songs. But as a whole, uh, Mike, what's your favourite song on the album? And you don't need to go back and check the numbers. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to say, oh, well, you put that one slightly higher. Yeah, oh, you put four, but you mean five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would think on the face of it now, just thinking of two off the top of my head. I, well, no, sorry. Th- no, scratch that. I was going to say three. I will pick um, Spellbound simply because it's it's one of those songs that when when it's sung live and the energy that that creates coupled with the video and everything with it on the album, I just think that it's one of those songs that's so energetic and upbeat when it's sung um it, it, you can't compare it from the from the album to life but it's just one of those songs that i think is is fantastic i mean i do have probably two or three other favorites but that that stands out as one that i really like fair enough what about you russ uh for me standout songs probably i won't tell you um because i think it comes across great in a live setting it's got that bounciness and punchiness to it and it's just a great fun sing-along song yeah, I'm in two places. I can't decide whether it's I Won't Tell You or I'm Not Afraid. Um, mm. I like both of those songs a lot. I like I like it, uh, but I mostly be- I like it because of the video. Uh, <laughs> mm. I, I don't I don't listen to it, I like it. I watch I like it and giggle my way through it because I think it's, such mm. a, it's the best video by far, in my opinion. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> um, okay, one final thing then on Show Life because I'm conscious of time. We've got... We, we talked quite a lot about the compression on the album. Over the top... Too much, yeah. do you think? Me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, mm. yeah. It takes away from the songs, the musicianship and the overall quality of the album for me. It's this is what I would describe as a you know, you know me, I'm a fan of vinyl, even you know, C D. This is the the album for me that suffers from technology and the MP three generation. It just sounds really lossless and well, wrong word, but you know, oh, no, I mean. uh, the other one that's not lossless, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> compressed, totally compressed. If only it was lossless. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I think that this is one that's really, really suffered. And I think coming out of it, they learned more about 
creating albums, I guess. I don't know, it was weird. They changed director on this, and I think that overall the music suffered as a consequence. Uh, certainly the album suffered. So, okay. Um, all right, general scores then. We do this for the other albums as well. What would you give Shallow Life Out of 10 as an album? Mike, what would you give Shallow Life Out of 10? Um, let me think. Uh, I will give it a six. I think that with the compression in it and this, certain other elements of it that it could have been a lot higher. There is a lot of good stuff on there, but it is one of those... It is one of those albums that I don't know. It's lost its way in some ways for me, but not in others, if that makes sense. So I'll give it a six. Okay, fair enough. What about you, Russ? Yeah, he's read my mind. I was thinking six um, for pretty much the same reasons. You know, there are good moments on it. There are some not so good moments on it. As we mentioned, it's very experimental. It's very divisive. So I think, you know, weighing it up as an average pros and cons, it's, it's a solid six out of ten. Not a bad album, but certainly far from their best. Fair enough. I think I'm going to be slightly more positive than you guys because it makes me smile. I think it's one of those albums. It's greater than the sum of its parts. I think I'd be, I'd I'd say there, and I give it a seven out of ten. I think it's got some good songs on it, and it's just it is one of those albums. And I'm feeling a bit of a different kind of mood, and not looking for the darkness of Lacuna Core. I can see some of the light, and I can see some of the fun shine through here. Uh, but it deserves higher, but it really is let down by the compression and, it, and it's one of those albums where the songs on it are actually better live uh, again. Um, uh, some albums that you, you, you don't need that put on Shallow Life. I, I really do feel that I enjoyed the Shallow Life era of touring. There were some good songs there. I enjoyed them playing those songs live. And I think a lot of people that I spoke to at the time were surprised how much better the song sounded live than when they heard them on the album. And actually gave the album a second look or a second listen, I should say, once they'd heard them live. So I think it deserves more, and I think the the, the compression holds it back. So there you go. Okay, so six out of ten, six out of ten, seven out of ten. Not bad, but as you say, it's not their best album, and there's there's better ones I suspect to come. Our review, our song review, I should say, this week. After we've given an extensive review of Shallow Life, this week I believe we are reviewing the first of the extras on the album, which we haven't included in our roundup of the album because they're extras, and we're conscious of the fact that not everybody who's got Shallow Life will actually have these. If you haven't, personally, I think you're missing out big time. Uh, and this week we're going to start with, well, I think we're going to start with Oblivion, and that's an interesting choice. I think the reason we start with Oblivion is that uh, the first. Special edition of Shallow Life, which actually came out at the same time that Shallow Life came out. It was called the Special Edition, and it included Oblivion at the end as a 13th track. There was a subsequent release a year later of Shallow Life uh, called the Deluxe Edition, which included an extra CD, which included all of the three extra songs, plus an acoustic version of Shallow Life, the song itself, plus a number of live tracks. And it actually, that started off, as I recall, with The Last Goodbye, which is another one of the extra tracks. But we're going to do it in chronological order and review Oblivion this week. Okay, 
I think we've got that cleared up, haven't we? Right, cool. So I believe it's my turn to go first. So Oblivion then. I really like the opening of this song. Like, really do. It feels like a kind of a mashup between an Unleashed Memories and a Comalized vibe about it with a little bit of a mix of Karma Code in there for, for good sort of, you know, to, to mix it up a bit for good purpose. And it doesn't suffer as a consequence of that. It really feels, certainly after going back after the over the review that we've just given about Shallow Life, it's a bit of a return to an old school vibe, actually. You then got close harmonies from Andrea and Christina. Now, they don't, they harmonise, but they don't do this close harmony very often. But I think it sounds really good in this song. Really good. And I'd love to hear a an acoustic version of Oblivion, I have to admit. And for a lot of the song, actually, Christina is, is doing the backing vocals. Andrea is taking the lead on the chorus and singing most of the verses. I love the solos that they pull together in here, as well as the close, close harmonies. They break apart and come back together on more than one occasion. And that works really, really well. Uh, I also am a big fan of the lyrics. I think there's a story there as well, which is nice. And I think you mentioned last week, Russell, that there's not a lot of story in a lot of the songs on Shallow Life. And this changes that a little bit. Um, and I really like the story that's being told in here, that kind of, um, I don't know, that sort of feeling of you know, the life is in disarray and it's it's that sort of sense of your life is falling apart and it, actually those lyrics are kind of reminiscent in, in time of term of lyrical style to what you might have heard on Inner Reverie or even on the original EP itself just they're quite dark lyrics and it works really really well and the tonal changes that you get through the song really work for me I'd, I'd say I'd love to hear it live I'd love to hear it acoustically as well I think that the, the solo is good from Chris uh, there's a real old school sound with a new mix. Compression is still a little bit higher. We talked about it a few moments ago, but it's not as bad as some of the other songs on the album. It does restrict, restrict the range of the music a little bit, but I, I still think it's a great song. I really like this song a lot. There you go. There's my thoughts on Oblivion. Um, what about you? Russ, what do you think of it? Uh, I think you summed it up perfectly there. I mean, a lot of my notes are very similar to what you just said. I think the interesting part of this song is the the opening with that sort of static computerized sort of sound and it pretty much sounds identical if not reminiscent of the the intro to I won't tell you before it actually goes into the song and you've sort of got that single guitar that's then sort of underpinned by the textures of the bass and there's something about the opening to this with that bass line it just reminds me it's similar to what you said of like old school high sort of half-life era EP mm. um Big, big fan of Andrea's vocals on this. Um, obviously, compression aside that we, we talk about, there's a, there's a crisp and a cleanliness to how he sings this song. And I think combined with the, the clean guitar, it just gives an overall nice effect. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of multi-layered backing vocals in there from Christina. And this is one of those songs that you really do need to sort of sit and listen to in a quiet room with headphones on. And there's just so much going on in terms of the vocal performance with what she does in this song. And a lot of it isn't necessarily prominent if you're blaring it out of speakers, you know, really, really loud. You have to sit and listen to it. And it just brings a whole different dynamic to the song. Lyrically, again, like you mentioned, fan of this because it goes back to sort of a narrative and telling a story. And similarly, you know, I hear Oblivion and it reminds me sort of of, of old school, as I mentioned, Half-Life Unleashed Memories sort of era. Uh, musically, it's quite simple, um, but I think it's it plays to the strengths of the song. I'm a big, big fan of the reprise just before sort of Christina goes into that and I, where there's sort of a, a, a change in the guitar and the bass line. It really creates sort of a, 
a moodiness and an atmosphere. I and you've that got bit. that sort of, yeah, it's the best part of the song yeah, I love by it. far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. And then you've got that sort of guitar solo thrown in there from uh, from Mr. Pizza, which just uh, adds a nice touch because uh, they're few and far between. But when you do get them, they're, uh, they're nice to hear. There we go. All right, you, Mike. Boom. You've just both summarised what I've written down, strangely enough. Um, the lovely guitar opening, uh, the great solo at the end. Uh, Russ has just mentioned it, the strong um, vocals that are crisp and clear by Andy throughout and the varied um, varied vocal approach by Christina. I also think that it's very similar to Unleash Memories and Comb Lies, especially the part at the end where it, um, she keeps uh, Christina keeps saying I keep wander, wandering away that to me defines the sound of almost like Unleashed Memories completely I just mm. think it's very old school uh, lyrically it's very good I think though that they could have added another verse maybe made it a bit longer I don't know whether that would work or not but no, I don't disagree it, with that I think that would have worked it's just about yeah. what, three minutes 50 something like that at the moment isn't it as I recall mm. sure. yeah just looking on paper now in front of me it just looks a bit short like it could have another extra bit to it um, especially when you've got the guitar solos in whether I don't know whether it'd be overkill to have another one in there and make it a bit longer but it's, um, um, it's four minutes and nine seconds according to my is it? my album listing here which makes it one of the longer songs on Shadow yeah Life. yeah yeah it's it's good, which doesn't suffer from it at all. I think musically it's perfect, and it's just a shame it's not one of those songs that you um, you is not played live because I think with the lights um, that we ha- that we're accustomed to at gigs, mm. um, and that adds another dimension to to Lacuna Coal concerts. And I just think with Christina belting this out, it it would just be absolutely fantastic. I mean, where you would put it on a set list. Um, I don't know, but oh, I put it just before they go off for the first encore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is one of those songs that is so powerful and strong, but I can equally see why it's one of the three almost add-ons because yeah. I don't know where they would put it on Shallow Life. It doesn't, it doesn't fit at all to me. But equally, that isn't its downfall. I think that it's. I wouldn't say it's one of the best songs that they've they've ever written, but it certainly is up there with with both their performances and the music throughout. Yeah, it's in very good company. And I've just looked again, and actually, it is. Uh, it's not as long as um, the last goodbye, mm. but it, it it is the longest song that could be considered on one of the first releases. So it's slightly longer than any of the other normal songs on, on yeah, yeah. Shadow Life. So. Yes, definitely one of the longer ones. Uh, I think, I think you've captured. You, I think you said it great there, Mike. I think as you know, it's it's up there certainly with some of the greatest songs they've they've done, in my opinion. In terms of numbers, then I'm going to give this. I think this is a solid nine out of ten song. I think it's a real a real missed opportunity. If you've got a copy of Shallow Life and you don't have one with Oblivion on, you really deserve to. Your ears deserve to listen to this song. It's a real cracking song. Uh, I. I can't rightly say it's my favourite song on Show Live purely because I have to be, I have to ma- maintain the fact that this is not on Show Live. It's on the Show Live Extra Edition, so it's unfair to include it in my favourite songs on Show Live. But if I could include it, it would. If if you take in all of the versions of Show Live, this would be my favourite song. It's a real cracking song. It's a nine out of ten from me. Russ, numbers. Uh, solid seven and a half for me. Seven and a half for you and Mr. Dyer. 
I would say nine and a half. Like you, I think that it it is just one of those songs that is cracking. There's so so many positives about it, and it's just a shame that they kind of miss the boat with it of where where it is, say, on how it was released. And certainly live, maybe one day we'll hear it. I don't think we will, but no, it's, I wouldn't hold your breath. Mm, it it is good. Yeah, very good. It is really good. Good song. Mm, yeah. Might be holding your breath as, as long as I have to hear stars live. Yeah. <laughs> good luck with that one as well. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. That's Oblivion. Great song. Okay, well, that brings us to a close this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. We said we started with a relatively quick review of Shallow Life and it kind of spiraled into something a little bit longer there. Uh, I have no excuses other than that we talk a lot. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us on the podcast, you can, of course, do so either at the Empty Spiral website, which is www.emptyspiral.net, and you click on the link to the podcast page. You can also contact us through the forums. We've got ongoing chat going on around well all various aspects of lacuna Corn, and as i said last week there's a thread for all of our podcast episodes you can of course communicate us through our social networks which is facebook.com forward slash empty spiral.net over at twitter twitter we are empty spiral net on tumblr we're empty spiral net.tumblr.com we're also on google plus which you can find us relatively easier if you use the search bar and that's about it, really. Oh, I've got to say that uh, we're always looking for new people to join us on the podcast. We've got a few interviews lined up, but if you want to be part of it, if you want to come and join us for half an hour, uh, tell us what it's like to be a Lacuna Core fan and share your experiences, then please do so. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, and until next time, I'll, well, listen to more Lacuna Coil. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs>